0: Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday for Monday, uh, November twenty second, two thousand and twenty one. What's going on, Hawaii? Um, wait, November twenty second isn't that the JFK Day? Isn't that uh, the infamous day? How many years ago was it? 1963. It was almost 58 years ago. 58 years ago. Who do you think did it? You know what? I figured it out. I figured it out. You know why? Because I have the Internet. And when you have the Internet, okay, and limited intelligence, you can figure out all of the world's mysteries just by Googling just googling things like who really shot JFK. <laughs> See, and that's the problem with the, the authorities. You know what? They're too smart to just ask the simple questions. Like, let's find out right here. Well, you, well, you know what? In honor of the 58th anniversary of the assassination of uh, JFK, we're gonna—I'm gonna finally debunk, you know, the Oswald thing. Who really? Killed JFK. Okay, here we go. Um, Free stock footage. All right, I got stock footage. 347 result. Uh, They got JFK conspiracies. I don't want all of this shit. I just want an answer. I want why people think this photo of JFK's killer is fake. JFK Kennedy's assassination conspiracy theories. All right, that's Wikipedia. Okay, here we go. Who really killed JFK? All right, that's a book. Oh, you motherfucker. You turned it into a money. I I can't just, I have to read? I don't want to read. I just want to annoy people at the bar. Go out there and say, ah, you know what? It was the fucking guy who eventually created Target. Yeah, he wanted to open a, uh, a location and he didn't want to do it. Oh, my God. You know what? Fuck all of this. I gotta, I, all right. Hats off to JFK conspiracy theorists if you can fucking weave your way through all of that. You want to hear my theory? I think, I think that that fucking uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was a part of it. That's all I know. Because when he walked oh, so I'm the patsy? That's for, for me, that's it right there. Oh, so I'm the patsy. Just the way he delivered the line. It was kind of like O.J. When they arrested O.J., he didn't look like a guy who just found out his ex-wife got murdered and he was being charged that was not the look. He had it like, God, damn it. <laughs> oh, I had a rough one last night. You know? oh that 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 fucking jerk off there. The kid from Illinois that decided to drive up into the fucking riot that 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 fucking crying he was allegedly do was the that is the worst fake crying I have seen since Miss New York. Remember that? What the fuck was that flavor of love? And that girl called her out, going like, oh my God, you're amazing. I've never seen somebody cry without any tears before. And she goes, That's because that, oh, that's because it's an inner cry, bitch. <laughs> he was having an inner cry. Um, he had a right to be there. It was open carry. He felt threatened. It was the fucking perfect murder. <laughs> That might be enough to convince some people. You know, if the picture where he's re- wearing a shirt, it says free as fuck, and he's doing that stupid white supremacist thing. What? Oh, he's saying A OK. I'm happy to be free. Uh, you know, not picking sides here, people. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? The same way you're looking at OJ being like, uh, you know, that guy did that shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But whatever, people get all wrapped up in the other crap, you know. So uh, you might be right. Hey, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe what he said was what happened. I'm just saying, you know, that's just my opinion. My opinion was the the fucking shoulders going. Oh, (laughs) the whole thing was horrible. Uh, Looked like student film crying. Um, Anyways, plowing ahead. I had a great day yesterday. Enjoy it, my freedom. Um, out in uh I went, I went oh, you know what? I was in Las Vegas this weekend and uh had two really, really fun shows um at the Cosmopolitan. So thank you to everybody that showed up. Um I got to work with my buddy Rick Dalia, and uh and then we all hung around. The next day, and we went to the, uh, the Raiders versus the Cincinnati Bengals, which you guys all know was the team Paul Brown started after the Cleveland Browns and Art Modell, you know, showed him the door. The guy who invented modern-day football. I believe the coach that Bill Belichick looks up to. The guy who understand, understood the importance of the, the kicking game. And had a player named Lou Groza. Lou the Toe Groza. Um, anyway, then he went down there. That's why their helmets were the sort of the same color as the browns. So they were like, all right, you at least have to put the word Bengals on the side, which they eventually did. And then they came up with that, you know, I would call it a cougar print. You know, a woman of a certain age would wear a shirt in that design to let you know that she's out there and she's still feeling frisky. Um, Anyway, we went to uh, the Raiders Allegiance, the Raiders Allegiance Stadium, and it was fucking amazing. Thank you to Chris for hooking us up over there. Uh, We sat on the mezzanine level. I swear to God, we were sitting in these chairs and... uh, they looked like first-class seats on a fucking airplane. And there was nobody in front of us. Or maybe there was. I can't even remember. There was so much space. And you had like a little TV to share so you could immediately watch the replay down there as if the Jumbotron wasn't big enough. Um, <laughs> and I, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've ever enjoyed being at a football game more. Um, it was just, uh, the food was great. They had short ribs mashed potatoes, and uh, I don't know what else was with it. It was absolutely fucking delicious. I made sure that I didn't overeat um, when I was there. And then I got to watch a really great game, two evenly matched teams. The spread was minus one, Bengals. And uh, they just were going back and forth. No, nobody could really seem to score. Um, although on that, what was it, a fumble recovery? That kid, I don't know if he stayed to the outside. Looks like he, he looked like he had a clear lane to the end zone. He cut back inside. It might have been a pick. I can't remember. But uh Joe Burrow. Wah, bah, 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 bah. And Joe Mixon. You know, the story of the game was the Raiders front four. The Raiders. I felt like they were just controlling the game. And um Bengals ended up finally making some adjustments. Because it was looking like in the first quarter and a half, like this was going to be the Raiders game. But I think they left some points on the board. And then they just took one stupid penalty after another. One bullshit pass interference call. But other than that, they just, no, stupid personal fouls. Just dumb, dumb, dumb fucking playing. And um, they ended up not winning the game. But uh, we couldn't have had a better better time. And it was driving me nuts. There was this guy, you know, sitting in the section like the row... Across, and I kept looking at his face, going, "I fucking know that guy. Who is that guy?" Um, and afterwards, when we were leaving the game, um, I finally asked the, the, the uh, Chris, "I go, who was that guy? I know I know that face." And he told me it was Mike Utley, who was the uh, former NFL player uh, for the Detroit Lions. Unfortunately, he had a neck injury. Uh, Got paralyzed, but um, I would have loved to have said hello to that guy. Um, You know, just a, I don't know, friggin' legend of the NFL and the way he's handled that horrible day that happened to him. Uh, I really wish I got a chance to say what's up to him. But um, anyway, the Raiders um, stadium is legit. It is worth the trip. All you football fans out there who are thinking – Hey, you know what would be awesome is to get a crew of my friends, go out to Vegas, have a great time on Friday and Saturday, and then watch our team play the Raiders. You 100% should do it. It's uh, an absolutely beautiful stadium. And just their colors, the black and the and the silver, they have that theme throughout the whole thing. And they had just unbelievable uh, memorabilia up on the wall. Um, I didn't see this... Uh, one of my buddies, Mike was out there and he took a a picture of, they had one of the original Raider, like from the AFL days, like their warm-up jacket hanging on the wall. Uh, I love all that type of stuff. And then they had these really cool framed pictures of like where I was sitting. It was, let me see who it was. It was uh, Mike Haynes. I literally forget the other two. I was so surprised because sometimes as a Patriots fan, maybe I blocked it out because I remember when they they shut down the the Redskins when they won their last Super Bowl, 83 was Mike Haynes, and I want to say maybe Lester Hayes, and they shut down uh, the Redskins' wide receivers as they were trying to go back to back. Um, Who the fuck was it? I don't know. I don't remember, but they had all these framed pictures. Oh, Eric Dickerson played one season with the Raiders. Then they had a picture of Mike Haynes who played, I think, from 82 to 89 and then they had one other person, I can't remember, but uh, it was absolutely uh, it was incredible. I didn't want the game to end. I was having so much fun then. So thank you to everybody that uh, hooked us up out there. Um, and with that, my wife my wife came out to Vegas, and um, I ended up uh, you know on Saturday. we got up early. Because I wasn't an idiot. I didn't stay out late after Friday's show. And uh, I got to tell you something, man. If you get up and you hit the strip at about 9 a.m., there's nobody there. Nobody. All the degenerates are still sleeping off what the hell they did the night before, still doing blow that, that you know, that hooker they met or whatever. So we ended up walking down all the way down to uh, the Venetian. You know, rather than go, you know, on a treadmill or something. Said, Let's take a walk down the strip. So we went down the strip and uh, I always wanted to go on those gondola rides, you know? But, you know, I'm not going to sit there as a guy by myself going on a frigging boat and have some guy going, for He's fucking paddle me around. <laughs> so, but I remember when the, I'm so old, I remember when the Venetian opened. I know it was only like 20, 25 years ago. But when I first started working in Vegas, like, they were imploding the dunes, the sands, all of that. And uh, I remember when all of that shit was being built. The uh, the Paris, the Luxor, uh, New York, New York had just been built, I believe. Um, I remember when they finished the Rio and it was off the strip and that was the hottest fucking casino uh, there was. Um I remember Treasure Island. One of them had like a volcano out front. I don't know if they still have that. I thought Treasure Island had the uh the pirate ship or something. Whatever. So eventually, yeah, and then the wind came along, Encore, all of that. Uh the stratosphere, all of that shit in the last like 25-30 years was built. So it was either just brand new or it was now, you know, now being open. And now I'm looking at it like. Like, you know, they're starting to get, like, long in the tooth. Like, something that's 30 years old now is, like, long in the tooth. It's fucking crazy. Um, but I do love the older ones that still survive. Uh, like, the Flamingo, Bally's is still there, Caesars, the Mirage. All of that stuff's there. I would have loved to have gone down to Old Vegas, but um, my wife and I had such a good time that she was mentioning that she'd like to go back out there again. So I think I might go out there and... And just like not have anything to do and just go to some shows and hang out. I don't know why I never did. It's a fucking 50-minute flight. It was just a great time. So we ended up going down there and you know, we just sort of walk around. I was like, hey, you want to take a ride on those gondolas? So we went inside. And I always thought that like you could take a ride like you go from the outside into the casino and then back out again. But those two things are not connected. So all it really is is when you walk into the uh, Venetian, the way they have the water set up, you can't tell where it goes or whatever. It kind of looks like it keeps going, but it doesn't. You just kind of go from one side. You go underneath the bridge. They do like a little 360 to give you a whole view of everything that's going on. Then you go back through the tunnel. They do another 360, and they drop you off. It's like 10, 12 minutes, but it's still fucking awesome. And um, we got this great uh, person to do it. And uh, everybody else kind of had that obnoxious fucking voice, but she had like a Disney Pixar voice. <laughs> it was, when you went in the tunnel, she sang these songs and just absolutely crushed it. My wife's having a good time. She puts her head on my shoulder. I'm like, all right, you know, it's going great here. We're having a good time. So we're sitting there, you know, and you kind of get lost in it. You know, you're just kind of like right there. And as we came out of the tunnel, she sang this beautiful song, And um, I could tell my wife, oh, my God, that's romantic. She was having such a good time. So we're sitting in a little boat. And all of a sudden, this guy is, like, leaning over the rail. And he just yells out to me. He goes, hey, buddy, coming out to see you tonight, man. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Totally killed the mood, you know, which isn't his fault. I mean, he was only, like, fucking three feet away. But you kind of, you know, you're on the boat. You kind of feel like you're out on a lake. Um, he he, kind of destroyed my mirage that I had actually taken my wife out on a boat trip rather than some little fucking ride. But I will tell you, uh, if you go out there with your wife, it's definitely a uh, definitely a great thing to do. And um, I actually started, I started uh, the first time when I used to work Vegas. I used to work at Harris. Uh, at the improv, which I don't even think is there anymore. And um, I was sitting there, you know, where my window to my hotel room, I could look down the strip and see every fucking place that I played as I worked my way over to the uh, the Cosmopolitan. And that's like, you know, what happens when you work in Vegas. And then eventually you you work your way back down, you know, as you become 80, 90 years old. And then you end up off the strip. But you know what? You still give him a fucking show. You saved your money, so you're still in a good mood. So you have your tuxedo dry cleaned, so you still look sharp. And people could say, you know, that faux freckles still has it. His beard is all white, but, you know, he's hanging in there. He's angrier than ever. Um, so, oh, I also got to... Uh, I got to hang out uh, with Brad Garrett, who's got a great comedy club over at uh, MGM. And I've been meaning to uh, meet up with them. It just has never worked out. And I finally got to hang out with him. And there's this famous story of Brad Garrett. Uh, he was opening for Frank Sinatra way back in the day when he was just a kid. And he was bombing. So when he said goodnight, He's like, thanks a lot. I've been Brad Garrett. You know, stick around for Frank is what he said. Obviously, it's a joke, you know, and he gets off stage. And this is back when the mob was running it. And they came into his dressing room. They're like, hey, uh, what? Frank wants to know what what you meant by that. And he's like, what I meant by what? And they go, "Uh, stick it to Frank. Why why'd you say stick it to Frank? And he goes, "Uh, no, I didn't say stick it to Frank. I said, stick around for Frank. And they were like, well, why wouldn't they stick around for Frank? They're here to see Frank. And he's like, no, no, that, that was like the joke. And they're like, stick around for Frank. Are you, are you suggesting he's late? Because he's not. You're making it sound like he's late all the time. <laughs> he had this big fucking misunderstanding with him. I probably fucked the story up. But he was telling me all of those, those stories. And I was telling him some stories I had some, from some buddies of mine that – um. Used to open up for Rodney Dangerfield. And that's one of my favorite things about going to Vegas is I always look up to see what comics are in town. And then I try to hang out with them afterwards uh, if I can. So, oh, and I also forgot the sports book. Went down to that on Saturday and watched a bunch of college football. Oh, that was it. I took my wife on the gondola ride. So she was psyched. And then she was going to go do some spa shit. So then I went down with the fellas. And I watched the uh, UCLA, congratulations. Jesus Christ, when was the last time they painted the bell? I didn't even know they did that. Uh, Finally beat USC, I don't know, after how many years. And uh, I watched the Alabama game against Arkansas. And then I was also watching a little bit of that Wisconsin-Nebraska game. Great games. And then on Sunday, when I went to the Raiders game, I picked four games last week. And oh freckles went 4-0. 4-0. I had the Bengals minus one. Um, I just thought the Raiders were going to be a little little bit of disarray with everything that's been going on, you know, losing their coach and all of that shit. And I didn't even hear about that other horrific incident. Um, But despite that, they still played great. I had uh, Kansas City. I had the Steelers versus the Chargers. I thought I'd lost that bet like 50 fucking times. I was traveling. I flew back. I missed every second of that game. That seemed like a wild one. And then I had one other one. I forget the other one that I had there. Hold on. I got my bets written down right here. For those of you not watching the Anything Better podcast, um, I, uh, me and Verzi have been competing for the entire season. Who did I have? Oh, I had the Vikings, plus one and a half. At the uh, the Packers. For some reason, I just, you know, division rivalry, I just thought the Packers might have a little bit of a letdown game. They got looked like they got down early because I was at the Raiders game, if I haven't mentioned 50 times. Um, then they came roaring back because they have Aaron Rodgers, the great Aaron Rodgers, and then I um, guess they hung on, right? Went into overtime. Oh, that's right. They scored a fucking touchdown. I thought I had it one, and then two seconds later, I'm looking at the Jumbotron. Dude, I don't know how many comeback victories, just even just, you know, or if you threw in the ties, Aaron Rodgers has. But he's one of the best to ever do it. Um, But then the Vikings got a field goal, and oh, Freckles covered. Went 4-0. Last three weeks, I went 4-0, 0-4, 4-0. Feast or famine. But here's what I really want to talk about. My New England Patriots, who I missed the entire game, I totally spaced that it was Thursday And that there was a game, I missed the whole fucking game and all my Pats fans were raving, friends were raving about it. And I saw some highlights and I have to tell you something, in honor of the holiday season, okay, it's beginning to look a lot like the 2001 Patriots. When Tom was just a kid, we had a great D and Tom wouldn't fuck up, he'd throw it out of bounds. That's what Mac Mac Jones is doing. The throw is there. He's throwing it. If it isn't, he's throwing it away. You got to throw it away. He's doing it. And I got to tell you something. What the fuck is going on in Buffalo? What in the fuck is going on? Is there injuries? I don't understand what is happening out there. I almost took the Colts because Carson Wentz scores points. That's what that fucking man does. But I was like, the Bills have just been playing so shitty lately. And they were this offensive juggernaut earlier in the season. They, they, I was too afraid that they were going to come home and put up some points. So I stayed away from the game. I don't know what is going on in Buffalo, but I'll tell you right now. You do not want to play Bill Belichick from November on. You just do not want to do it when he's got a fucking quarterback and he, he's got fucking receivers and he has a fucking defense. You do not want to do that. I don't know if we have receivers, but you know. We do have a defense. All right. Poor Cam Newton came in last year. We had, we had nothing. So it's good to see him uh, back in the league and back with the Panthers as they were sitting there trying to act like he never even happened. Um, glad that whole thing worked out. But I don't know what's going on with the fucking Buffalo Bills, but I know the Patriots still have yet to play them, so we have to play them twice. And I think we actually have a chance... We'd have to beat them twice, I would think. That uh, let me see here, let me see here. Patriots standings. See where where are we? The fuck out of The Bills are six and four. I'll tell you, nothing will make you. We're in first fucking place. what well we won like five in a row holy shit the dolphins have won three in a row did you guys see that footage of that fucking old guy that jets fan throwing the haymakers shout out to that dolphin fan slipped the first one and made the second one just be a glancing blow with his fucking hands in his pockets the kansas city chiefs have won four in a row they're in first place the Ravens are 7-3. and three. The Titans, 8-3. and three. Jesus Christ, they lost to the fucking Texans. Figure that one out. Is Travis Henry that big a part of their team? Wow. These, other than the Ravens, I think they've been playing, the Titans have been playing well all year. These fucking divisions just flipped. I haven't looked at the stands, I think, since like September. Cowboys are 7-3. and three. The Cardinals are 9-2. and two. I knew that they were doing well. Rams 7-3, and three lost two. Packers, the Buccaneers are in first place. Ah, what am I talking about? I thought we had a shot winning the Super Bowl because I thought a lot of these uh, veteran teams, look, the Brady's still in it. Aaron Rodgers is still in it. What do we got? Here? Patrick Mahomes is still in it. Oh, this is going to be okay. Fuck all of that. Fuck everything that I was just thinking. All right, but you know we're we're turning it around. <laughs> um, I think with the defense that we have, Bill Belichick. This is such an obvious statement. Can, is really going to frustrate a lot of teams. Uh, I don't know Kansas City if they if they write the ship because what was going on with Kansas City made no sense the whole fucking year. They didn't really lose anybody. Nobody was hurt. They just weren't playing well. And everybody was, you know, did they figure him out? Then I love them. They do the usual thing. They're asking if their fucking coach is overrated. How are you overrated after you win a fucking Super Bowl? That's like Ed Ogeron giving him shit. I think he was fucking overrated. What the fuck are you talking about? He won a national championship. You need the quarterback. He doesn't have the quarterback now. Oh, that kills me. That fucking kills me. Only, only sports fans could you win a championship and then they still say you're fucking underrated. Sports fans with no ring at any level, at any fucking level. So, anyway, I'm talking way more fucking football than I would, thought I was going to. But what do you want from me? I went to Levi Stadium, Lambeau Field, and then I pledge Allegiant Stadium. The last three weeks, this is like what I used to do when I was a young, young and single. Now I'm old and bald and I got two kids, so I usually come back from the road, but it's just been working out that the you know the games have been there. The 49ers played during the afternoon. I had a show that night. I did hang for Lambo. I had I mean, come on. That's where the NFL started, basically. I had to go there. And uh, I brought my wife out to Vegas, you know. Did you bring her to the football game? No. <laughs> All right, I was an absentee father the last two Sundays because I went to a Packers and a Raiders game. What do you want from me? All right, all right, plowing ahead here. Um, I got, I got to play drums tonight at the goddamn comedy jam. I'm also going to be on Jimmy Kimmel tonight promoting season the fifth and final season of F is for Family. Uh, it's going to be out on Netflix November 25th. Uh, thank you to everybody. At GoMont, Netflix, Wild West, uh, everybody. Last night we had the final wrap party, which was so awesome to see everybody. But it was definitely, uh, you know, a little melancholy, bittersweet because, uh, you know, I made I made sure I took it all in because that was one of those things where I'm like, this whole group of people is not going to be together like this ever again because there was a whole bunch of people there and just, I'm going to run into all of these people, but we'll never all be together again as the F is for family crew. And the proudest thing that I had with everybody from editors to the people that made the music, to the writers, to the performers, all came up to me and told me how much fun they had working on the show, which is, um, which is the best compliment. And I think that was because of the great Mike Price, um, who was the showrunner and just, you know, ran the ship and everything. And um, I just think anything, you know, if the person at the top is being cool and being nice, then everybody just kind of falls into line. So fortunately that is the experience that I had over there. So thank you to Mike Price and everybody else over there. And of course, um, shout out to the late, great Mark Wilmore and uh, the late, great David Richardson. Um, you know, those guys, I learned so much from them in the writer's room, you know, cannot say enough about them. And um, and then, of course, Michael K. Williams, uh, who played Smokey, rest in peace to him, too. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. It was, my head's still spinning. I can't believe it's over, but I'm so thankful that I got the experience and I'm actually it's better that we're ending before fans want us to rather than going too long. So please watch it, enjoy it, tell your friends about it. And uh, thank you for everybody who watched over the years so we could do five seasons of this wonderful show. All right? And with that, let's do some... Um, let's do some uh, advertising here. Oh, look who it is, everybody. It's old Helix. Helix, why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix... You're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattresses great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. And even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door shipped for free. You don't even need to go to a mattress store again. Just go to helixsleep.com slash bird, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pack, they'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. Gross. But you will. Helix even has financing options and flexible, ladies, payment plans so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering up to $200, Up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash burr. That's helixsleep.com slash burr, H-E-L-I-X for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Okay, oh boy, our old friends. Indochino. People have gotten a little too used to wearing sweatpants. Replace the suit that's been gathering dust in your closet and bring looking great back into style. I know, everybody's dressed down Fridays, right? Um, it's not just about looking great. It's about feeling confident and standing out. There's never been a better time to upgrade your look. Indochino's Black Friday events has their lowest prices of the year on suits, shirts, outerwear, and more. Plus, you'll save even more using code BURR. Indochino offers completely customized fitted suits, shirts, casual wear, and more at a surprisingly at surprisingly affordable prices. Get ward, a wardrobe personalized to your style and taste without spending a fortune. Measure yourself on the website in 10 minutes, then wear your suit out of the box in three to four weeks. Every piece is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail. Choose everything about your suit, including the fabric, lapel, monogram, and statement linings. You can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. The best part is Indochino suit started just $2.99 and shirts from $45 with all customizations include. Get away from the video calls and back into looking and feeling amazing. Indochino's Black Friday event runs from November 20, November 8th to November 29th. Save even more and get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using promo code BURR at Indochino.com. That's $50 off a purchase of $3.99 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code BURR. Oh, my God, I forgot to give Roy Choi a shout-out That Best Friend Restaurant. Um, my lovely wife, Nia hooked that up, and we went down there with me and all my friends. the great Dave Kushner. It was his birthday weekend. He did all the music on Ephesus for Family. You might know him from Velvet Revolver. Um, we went over there, and I think uh, Roy Choi's goal was to uh, have our stomachs burst, he just kept bringing the food out. We had to tap out. Um, what an amazing, amazing, cool guy that guy is, man. That guy is the best, and his food was insane. And, and then all the food was so good over there that we were we all debated which which um, which dish we liked the best. Personally, I loved the street corn, and there was a uh, a short rib thing that he had. Uh, I loved the kimchi. And then there was like four or five other, and then the desserts were absolutely crazy. So needless to say, um, old Freckles needs to get back on his diet. Um, All right. Continuing with uh, with the advertising. Simply safe. You know, if you ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there is no better time than now. This week... My friends at Simply Safe are giving my listeners early access to all their Black Friday deals—fifty percent off their award-winning home security. I love Simply Safe because it has everything you need to make your home safe: indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors. You know what's great about the indoor outdoor cameras? You can also catch the varmints that go into your trash cans. You have your own little nature show. Can't believe what goes on outside your house. Uh, at night uh, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it simply safe <clears throat> was even named best home security system of 2021 by u.s news and world report you can easily customize a system for your home online in minutes and even get free custom recommendations from simply safe these are simply safe's business biggest discounts of the year you can get a complete home security system starting just a hundred dollars there's no long-term contracts or Commitments. It's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more peace of mind. Take advantage of Simply Safe, uh, Simply Safe's early Black Friday deals, and get fifty percent off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com/bur. S I burr. S A F E dot com. Uh, again, that's simplysafecom burr for fifty percent off your entire system. Um, all right, one more here, people. Oh, look what it is! It's Solo Stove. This just sounds like something you'd bid on. Unlike the price is right.,, bump, 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 but no, that sounded the song. Da, 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 that was "I dream a genie." The price is right had a little jingle, something like that. when you'd sit there and everyone would like write it down and try to think, I don't know. I was watching this thing. You know, Bob Barker's still alive. He's 99, going to be 100 years old next year. And I didn't realize this. Late to the party, in 2015, on April Fool's Day, they introduced Drew Carey. To come out and Bob Barker came out and he did the first item up for bids, which of course was a new car. And then after that, Drew Carey came out. What a great idea, huh? I wish I saw that live. I would have freaked out. One of the great um, television personalities of all time. Um, there was nothing like faking sick and staying home, you know, and your parents went off to work and then you didn't have to fucking fake sick anymore, right? I'd sit there in my pajamas, and I would always watch The prices is Right. Uh, solo stove. You know, there's nothing quite like the feeling of gathering around a warm fire on a cool evening. And a smokeless fire pit from solo stove makes your outdoor moments even more memorable. Can't you see this next item up for bid? What do you got for us, Robert? It's a solo stove. Uh, because instead of having to constantly dodge campfire fumes, you can sit back, relax and actually enjoy the fire. I know. Cause you know, if it's a little bit windy, you know, the wind shifts and all of a sudden it just, you know, afterwards you smell like you fought a fire. You don't have to deal with that anymore with solo stove and with solo stoves, solo stoves black Friday sale, you can get a great deal on a solo stove fire pit. Upgrade your backyard with the solo stove fire pit. Solo stove, if you, have, you don't know what the fuck it's called, Jesus Christ. Fire pits are brilliantly engineered. Easy to light with a few bits of starter. Your fire is blazing in minutes. Perfectly portable. Take solo stove with you on a camping on camping trips and more. You fucking cheater. You're supposed to be out there rubbing sticks together. Um, shop solo stoves, best deals of the year. During their Black Friday sale now through November twenty eighth, and get ten dollars off with promo code BURR, BURR plus a lifetime warranty and free thirty day returns. Get an extra ten dollars off Black Friday deals at Solo S O L O S T O V E dot Promo code Bird Bird Burr B U R R. All right, and with that, let's get on to some of the uh, some of the reads here that we have for the week. All right. Naked hotel dude. Um, Yeah, a buddy of mine accidentally locked himself out of his hotel room last week completely naked. He doesn't have the best eyesight. He had had a couple of pops, and he was trying to find the bathroom door. He thought he did. He opened it. The door closed behind him, and he's like, that's not a toilet. Uh, He was out in the hallway. Had to cover his junk, walk down, and go uh, go get the keys. And everybody laughed and some woman slapped him on the ass. All right, here we go. Now you're caught up. Naked hotel dude. Dear Billy Barbag, Um, after hearing the story of the naked guy in the hotel, I thought I would share a story from my stag too. It said stag dude, D-O. I'm thinking stag two as an also your stag party. All right, 16 of us went to Glasgow uh, on a minibus. That's in Scotland for all you Americans out there like me. The only reason why I know that is because I've been there. And also, if you want blood, you got it. The live ACDC album was, uh, was uh, recorded there. That's why in the Jack, he goes, any versions in Glasgow, um, in the beginning. She was number 999. All right. Uh, and you know that one aggressive... And you know that one aggressive, let me start over again. Uh, 16 of us went to Glasgow on a minibus. And you know that one aggressive, lightweight friend who can't handle his booze? Well, he decided to crack a bottle of Jack Daniels at 7 a.m. Oh, Jesus. He fell asleep before we arrived. And upon arrival, I had the unfortunate task of waking him. As soon as he opened his eyes, he had a crazed, startled look on his face. And he absolutely stinks of booze, cigarettes, and shit. Oh, no. He proceeds to ring his wife and start crying. Angie, Angie, it happened again. It's then apparent he has shit his pants. We bundle him into the hotel lift. That's an elevator for everybody on this side of the world. And leave him there. Well, you guys aren't friends. You just left him in the ho- in the elevator? And we go out drinking. I mean, that's just Scotland rules. All right, if, you, if you're going to fucking... Pass out and shit yourself before 12 noon. We're leaving you in an elevator. Um, All right. Well, whatever. When in Scotland, you got to act like Scottish people. We get back to the hotel about six hours later, and the fucker is still in the lift. Luckily, the guy on the desk of the hotel was brilliant and was having a laugh about it. He said people were returning to the hotel, pressing the lift, and when the doors opened, he was slumped in the corner, snoring, stinking of shit, and people would just take the stairs. Just... Thought that would brighten your day. Keep on the good work and go fuck yourself. Wow. I mean, that's a funny story, but I can't believe you just left them in there. Oh God, and that smell just marinating as the doors are closed. Holy shit, literally. Um, wow. I remember a long time ago, me and my friends, we all skipped school. A bunch of us skipped school. It was so stupid. Everybody skipped school on the same day. So I can't remember what happened, but I'm sure they figured out, you know, when 30 seniors are all of a sudden all not there on the same day in a class of 200. You know, they probably knew something was up. But anyways, we went down to the Cape because that we just go down to the Cape and fucking get shit out, then drive back. So we all went down there. And I remember, you know, all of these kids were there, and one of my buddies, he got sick, and he was he, <laughs> he was sitting on the couch, and there was like a breezeway door. All he had to do was get up and go out, and he didn't. He just sat there. This guy, was he was a puker, man, and the thing about him is you never knew when he was going to fucking puke. I mean, he one time was fucking sitting in the passenger seat of my buddy's car and we're driving down the highway, and all of a sudden he just fucking projectiled onto the windshield. I think I told this story before and used this reference. It was like in Pulp Fiction when he actually we accidentally shot that guy in the head, and they just showed his fucking brains go on the on the uh, back windshield of the, the whatever the rear rear window of the car. It was like that, except it was the front windshield and it was puke. So he's sitting on the couch and just out of nowhere, he just pulls the front of his t shirt out, up over his fucking nose and mouth, and just pukes down the front of himself. And then he was like, ah, oh, all right. So <laughs> then he gets up and walks to where the breezeway is, where there's a porch and proceeds to then just strip down to his fucking tidy whiteies. <laughs> And every hot chick from my grade is just standing there looking at him. Like, oh, God. Oh, and one fucking afternoon, all of his options were gone. But he was a senior, so who cares? He went to college and a whole new boatload of women came in that never saw that horrific moment in his life. Uh, Sleeping in public. Uh, Dear Billy Blankets, I'm the type of weirdo you described last week who can sleep in public. I think you underestimate what a job that requires labor can do to you what I think you underestimate what a job that requires labor can do to you oh look at you taking a swipe at stand-up comedy um I don't I, I don't think I was disrespecting oh what he's telling us let me get this straight you work on a construction site and then you get on an airplane after that was I talking about people that sleep on airplanes um and I had jobs that required physical labor. I don't remember sleeping in a fucking train station and missing my train. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck... I don't know. Maybe you're just giving me shit. I wasn't disrespecting people that work for a fucking living. Um, I We have to be honest with you. Uh, if you fall asleep like that, you're not getting enough sleep at night, I would think. Because the only the few times that I have ever fallen asleep in public... Uh, that just reminded me of the Ron White joke. You threw me into public. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it was if I didn't get enough sleep. That was the only time I was like passing out. Um, I was also amazed that you could fall asleep in a place where you could get the shit kicked out of you or get mugged like train stations on the subway. You just see these people just like fucking nodding off. Um now nah, I'm going to get people well, maybe they, they you know they don't make a lot of money and they need two fucking jobs. all right, maybe we could just take all the fucking fun out of it. Um, all right, having said that, i'm actually uh I'm trying to get back into taking my old man naps because I don't get enough sleep. all right, and what do you know about fucking labor sir what 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 job do you do that requires fucking labor, huh? Do you get heckled when you're bringing fucking wood the wrong way down to a fucking construction site and it gets filmed and gets put up on fucking YouTube? Huh? Yeah, I'm I'm fucking puffing my chest up right back at you, my job. All right. (coughs) Did you go on stage in Las Vegas in front of a cross section of people and do some jokes about that Puffy Lift kid out there from Illinois and then have to dig yourself out of the fucking hole? All right. Hey, Bill, I hate my girlfriends. Okay. All right. My girlfriend can't do anything without complaining. When I say anything, I mean anything. Well, okay. When I say anything, I mean anything. Things she has to do, things she wants to do, things she doesn't want to do. Don't get me wrong. She gets shit done, but has to complain about it. She thinks she's this extraordinary motivator who puts out positive vibes only. Oh, boy. Why is it all I hear out of her is the negative in the situation? I hear people's problems I don't know. And I don't care about this broad. I never met or her fat baby. I can't tell if this is a man or a woman writing this. We're both from New England, so it's safe to assume she's loud and yells and speaks when she speaks. And you'd be correct. The voice is so loud, it's offensive to my ears. She brags about going to the gym every day. We live together, Bill. She might go three times a week in a good week. Oh, I think he's trying to say, I hate my girlfriend. He wrote, I hate my girlfriends. So I thought this was a woman saying she needs to get new friends. I don't know what's going on here. Or Maybe you live in Utah and you have girlfriends on a way to having wives. Um. All right, she might go three times a week to the gym. Days like today, when I come home from the gym to find my dog on my pillow at 7 a.m., and I lay my head on my dog, and my girlfriend rolls, okay, so it's your girlfriend, rolls over and wraps her arms around me. I embrace it and I love it. Now she'll never know how much that moment meant to me. Now she'll never know how much that moment meant to me because I won't tell her. She's just going to wake up and yell about her mom texting her too early in the morning. And yeah, I'll get annoyed. But moments like that is why I deal with their shit. Well, that and her laundry skills. Peace out, Bill. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I mean, I think you resolve the whole thing. Your girlfriend complains a lot. But when you come home, you lay your head on the pillow and she gives you a hug. You know, you embrace it and you love it. And she does your laundry. So, I mean, you know, everybody has, I'm sure there's something you do that's bugging her. There's really no problem there, sir. Um, I, as far as what I could forecast in that relationship is the day she stops hugging you and doing your laundry, uh, she better quit complaining to her. Uh, that relationship is going to have, is headed for some white water. It's heading for the rapids, man. Is that a floating rock? All right, oh boy, girl talk shit about me on TikTok. Love the podcast and your stand up. To begin, I've been talking to this lady for two weeks now and everything was perfect. Our first date was last Thursday and I had taken her out to a nice Korean barbecue restaurant, both of our favorites, so look at that. Share something in common, you know? What could go wrong? Dinner was great and the conversation was flirtatious. I like your tits. Thank you. I was hoping you were going to notice them. Um, Sorry. I'm sure it was a little lighter than that. I paid the tab, left. She then said she had a great time and wanted a second date. Coolly, I said, sure, and asked for a kiss goodbye. We made out, then said goodnight. Day after, no text at all. I then go on her TikTok, and on her live, she states how she had a terrible time And that was one of the worst dates she had been on and she won't be dating for quite some time. I was obviously hurt and angry as hell. I confronted her about it and she said she sides hustles with her TikTok. It's all an act and she lies like that for the monetary entertainment. She's not a public figure, parentheses, gross, get a fucking job in my opinion. Hey, I'm a public figure. (laughs) That's the second shot at my job. I don't work. I'm a disgusting public figure. Hey, man. Anyway, I still thought that was two-faced of her, but she reconciled and she apologized. Oh, boy, buddy. I don't know about this. And said that if it was the opposite way, she'd feel the same way. All right, well, there's some empathy. She even messaged me back this morning. Do I still talk to her but wait for a second date on on her asking or do I just ignore her for this? Thanks and go fuck yourself. Dude, go with your gut. I'd go with my gut. And, uh, I think you don't respect what she does for a living. You think it's gross, get a fucking job. And if you're going to get into a relationship with somebody, you know, I really think, uh, you know, if you don't respect what they do, if you think what they do for a job is gross before you've even had the second date, you might want to pull the ripcord. And plus, the fact that it's an act and she's lying, I don't know, dude. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And that's one of those things you kind of have to worry about I don't know. These are all stereotypes, but I'm just throwing it out there. Just like, all right, so this person's really into like fame and money, how they, how any way that they can do it, and going out there and just like lying or whatever, you know. I don't know. I don't want to look down on a fellow person that's whoring themselves out, but you know, there's one thing to go out and start a band, tell some jokes, become an actor, fucking, I don't know, whatever else you do run for office to try to change things before they, you know, get their dirty, filthy mitts on you. Um, I don't know. But then the other thing too, you know, I think it's actually good that hot chicks can fucking go out there and make money doing that because uh, now they're kind of in control. Or back in the day, you know, they'd make like, you know, even like NFL cheerleaders wouldn't make any money and their whole big thing was, well, wait till the calendar comes out. They pay them like 35 bucks a fucking game. And, uh, but now there's like Instagram So they can just go on there and, you know, do their little boop-boopy-doop fucking dance and, uh, you know, flirt with a couple of, you know, fucking ugly guys and they'll, I don't know. I'm I'm sure it's harder than that. Um, I don't know, dude. You're talking TikTok and and influencers to a 53-year-old man. So take everything that I'm saying with a grain of salt. I would just go with my gut. And if you feel this early on, that you can't trust her. And I also, I don't understand young people where they feel like you're putting shit out on the internet and like no one's gonna see that. You know? It's not even young people. I got a buddy of mine, you know. I mean, I, I have a friend of mine from back in the day. The guy fucking takes video of himself fucking rolling joints. Old school. He still buys the weed and wants to roll the joint. Rolls the joints during his fucking lunch hour at work. I mean, figure that one out. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, I would go with my gut. I kind of don't like this, though. That she said she had a terrible time and she's not going to date for a while. The only saving grace is that she said, I understand that you feel that way. I would feel the same way. So you got to think, is that empathy? And that's somebody that can actually admit that they did something wrong, which is a great trait, and very rare, I feel like, in a lot of adults. Or is this part of her hustle and she's hustling you? Um, go with your gut. Go with your gut. I mean, what really happened? You went out, you flirted, you had a good time, and you made out with her and she's a good kisser. Other than that, you think what she did was gross and she lied about your evening for money. I mean, when you fucking distill it down to that, I mean, I think you can find a nicer person than that. (laughs) Whatever. I'm not going to judge you either way. Good luck to you. All right. Thanksgiving pressure advice. Oh, boy. Dear Billy Chitlins, uh, I'm going to my girlfriend's house for Thanksgiving. We've been together for four years, and I'm good with her family. All right. She told me to bring something creative because there will be a lot of the standard things already there. I was, oh my, he goes, I put this pressure on myself because I insisted on bringing something even when her family, when he, her and her family said they would already have a lot of food. Dude, this is like me years ago. Out of nowhere, I said I'd make a pie. Then I got that joke. What if I slam my head through this window and just bleed out down the side of the house? Uh, So now I need to bring something that is out of the box, but also welcomed. My front runner idea is ice cream. And then I bring hot sauce to melt or heat up or however it's done. Wait, hot sauce on ice cream? Is that a stupid fucking idea? My brother says if I do that, I'm basically bringing a mess over to their house. Then I have to insist on doing dishes. Thoughts help. Um, All right. A dessert is always great. And a dessert is easy. So what I would do, there's always in every town, or every couple of towns, two, three towns, there's always that one fucking place that's not a chain that you can go out and bring, uh, get something special that you can bring over. Um, I would do the dishes either way. And because you're four years in and you still haven't gotten her a ring. Uh, so you gotta stay on the good side of the family while you sit down to watch the Lions game. Um or I would take a shot at making a dessert, which isn't that hard. All right. I have a video up there on how to make a pie crust. Uh, why don't you just follow that up? Follow that. Um, I actually have a better recipe for the pie crust now, but you can totally make a pie crust. And then the filling's the easiest fucking thing ever. Don't ever get intimidated by filling. It's all about the crust. Just, you know something? If you make an effort to make a homemade fucking pie, even if it stinks, all right, the fucking effort that you made, they're going to be psyched. So what I would do is I would make the pie the Wednesday before, have it ready to go, and, uh, you know, if your girlfriend's like, why are you doing that? I just want to show you, you know, how much I care about you and your family. Then you get the, aw, and I think you'll be good, even if it sucks. And I would tell everybody before the eight, say, listen, this is the first time I ever Try to make a pie. I will not be offended at all if you guys say it sucks. All right? But they, everyone will appreciate the effort. And then if you get up and you, you know, you do some dishes and that, you dry some or whatever, I think you'll be good. All right? Take the pressure off. Take a chance, man. Take a chance. Why you still got the choice? Going ACDC today. All right, that's the podcast, everybody. Um, what a run! Seven out of eight weekends I was on the road. I cannot thank people in St. Louis, Denver, Minneapolis, Reno, San Jose, Atlanta, wherever the fuck, fo- Hollywood, Florida, Las Vegas. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for still coming out after all these years supporting my comedy. I had an absolute blast going up on stage, trying to make you laugh. And uh, thank you to everybody in Vegas. Chris and everybody over at the Raiders. Thanks to Roy Choi for hooking us up. And thanks to my wife. I'm being thankful. Thank you to my wife being so friggin' cool. And after all these years, I can still have such a great time hanging out with her. And thank you to uh, everybody on F is for Family that helped all of these five seasons come together and to all the fans that have been watching. Please uh, check it out November 25th or sometime this weekend if you get a chance. That's it. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. And, uh, and as always, go fuck yourselves, and I'll check in on you on Thanksgiving. All right, I'll see you.